Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with Talik. Today, I have a special guest, Howard Overby from Big Brother 15. Welcome, my man. How are you? Man, doing great, brother, man. Thanks for having me, man. Leek, man, it's, it's, it's an awesome opportunity, man. I think it's a great thing that you do. And, um, man, I just hope um, I can share some light on anything, man. Yes, thank you, thank you. So let's get into these questions. I asked my guest this question. Every anybody that comes on this podcast gets this question. I want to ask you, how is your mental health? My mental health right now, I would have to say in the season and the age and the climate that I'm in um, right now, I would have to say it's the best that it's ever been, but also, you know, always trying to improve, man. Um, I think we all are a work in progress, but I think life and then the understanding of it, because we 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 live life forward, but we learn it backwards. And um, and so, man, just being able to have clarity and to look back on things and see, okay, I'm here because of that, and being able to rearrange that in my mind to 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 not uh, put myself in my or, or some type of, uh, um, I don't know, some type of conundrum, man, to where I box myself in and be like, no, these things happen because of this. And now I still have the power and ingenuity to be able to move forward amicably and positively and purposely um, is where I am now. So it was a scale of one to 10. I would, I would want to clearly say I'm pushing about, about a nine, I believe, with perfection being something that we can never attain. Yes, I like to ask that question on my podcast because I feel like if I see somebody, I'm like, hey, how you doing? They could be like, I'm okay. But once you ask, how's your mental health? That opens like another gate, you know, to like, you know, get dig deep in to see how somebody's actually doing. You know, because we can say, I'm right. like, how you doing, brother? Like, I'm okay. You know, are we really okay? You know, how's your mental health? Um, my next question for you is growing up, was it okay not to be okay for you? Um. So, so ask that question again. Um, growing up, was it okay not to be okay for you? Was it okay not to be okay? Yes. Uh, growing up. Um, I don't know. That's a great question, man. Um, you know, um, growing up in the deep south, you know, uh, the Bible Belt. Um, growing up, you know, God fearing, uh, family. You know. Again, I'm looking back on it now, so I'm, I'm yeah. thinking back. Uh, I guess it was back then the culture of the climate was to be okay with not being okay with the aspect of it being, hey, we'll pray it out or we'll we'll march it out or we'll live it out or you'll outgrow it or we all know what's going on, but, you know, we're not going to approach it. Um, so, to, I mean, maybe to answer your question, yeah, I mean, it was okay to not be okay because obviously we just you just move forward, not realizing you know that roots were planted that 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 you know are never uprooted, and you know, and you never really deal with it. 
and looking back on uh, my uh, life and relatives and stuff like that, I could tell where a lot of emotional and mental uh, warfare was going on, man, that uh, that ultimately precipitated to me bad health along with bad decisions and bad habits and everything like that. Yeah. Um, my next question for you is, um, you know, there's a stigma, right, surrounding mental health, but there is also a stigma surrounding men's mental health. What do you say to that stigma when that, you know, people say we can't be weak, you know, men got to be strong, you need to man up, you know, you can't have emotions, you can't cry, you need to have it together. Like, what do you say to that stigma that's out there? Uh, number one, that, that stigma, uh, I mean, unfortunately, um, um, it's, it's, it's almost like a, a two-edged sword because, you know, as men, there are things that we are called upon to do and not totally buy into and not be too much of. But on the flip side of that, it's like we were never taught how to really have chemical balance um, with that because there are things as men, you know, men, I've heard uh, Bishop Jake say, we, we scream silently. Um, so, um, so no one really hears those screams, but they are in fact screams, man. It's a lot of things that go on the backs of a man um, as far as their responsibility and things that they need to be doing and the things that they got to look over and to provide and to protect and secure and all that stuff like that. And so in essence, it's, it's, it's always been looked at as a uh, passe is weak of you to talk about your emotions because you know, you know, you've, we've been taught and culture has taught us to be stronger than that as men, you know what I'm saying? It's from, you know, I, we've all heard cl cl cliche, you know, men, men are not supposed to cry and everything like that, you know what I'm saying? But um, I think over time, man, that, that, that crushed a lot of men and that, and you know, when men, you know, don't have the, uh, the outlets, one thing that we do, we play with toys. And your toys can be alcohol, your toys can be sex, your toys can be, um, 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 you know, um, um, I don't know, pornography, your toys can be substance abuse, you know what I'm saying, your, you know, your toy can be anger, you know what I'm saying, anything to get the things out that that you're not talking about, man, so a lot of these things that, that you see men do and we frown upon, um, those things are merely pacifiers for what's really going on internally. And so the, the, the flip side of that is, you know, men, you know, once you do start pouring out, you know, now you looked upon as, as being a certain way now, now it's too much, you know what I'm saying? And, and now, you know, you still, you don't know how to be strong again after you've been weak, you know what I'm saying? So now what do you do? So it's like a, it's, it's an imbalance there, man. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, a, it's a big imbalance. Agree with you, brother. Um, my next question for you, um, you know, before I say this question, I want to say anybody out there that's struggling with any thoughts of suicide or any deep, dark depression, there is a suicide prevention lifeline that you can call. The number is yeah. 988. Uh, make sure you guys dial that number if you know someone that's struggling or if you're struggling yourself, uh, make sure you dial that number. I want to ask you this question. Um, I know, I'm pretty sure you're still a youth counselor, right? Are you still a youth counselor? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, have you ever, you know, if you haven't, have you ever dealt with any thoughts of suicide? Or if you have, have you ever, like, in your line of work, dealt with anybody with thoughts of suicide? Uh, yeah. And, um, and as not, you know, I still counsel. I counsel more adults now. Um, yeah. 
thing like that, man. So all of these things on an all-time high for a suicide. So I'm glad that you put out that prevention number. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, in my family personally, um, I've had three suicides um, that ended um, fatally. Um, um, my sister has attempted it twice. Um, um, I've, I've actually thought about it at my worst, um, you know, going back like 2018 2017 2018 just dealing with a whole lot of things that i was dealing with um so yeah man so and then working with with youth a long time before i did the show and now even adults um it's, it's very prevalent man um, um people are in dark places man but again one thing if you listen to a lot of these people, it's a lot of things that you said from the giddy up, a lot of things that were rooted early on that haven't been talked about. Yeah. And it's like it's, it's going, it's 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 an internal war. Um yeah. emotionally, mentally, man. Now you're just being triggered. The longer you live, you're being triggered and nobody has a clue. So yeah, man. So definitely have have um have uh, um and experience um uh, people um have uh went down that road yeah i've definitely um experienced you know those are suicide guys um attempt you know almost could have died you know but um i want you guys to know there is a, like dial that number 988 get into community that could be a family member that you trust a church a church group um, a support group you know i work for I volunteer for NAMI. We have free support groups. NAMI is all across the world, mental health organization. They have free support groups in different, you know, city, states, chapters, or whatever. You know, it's out there. The resources is out there, guys. So make sure y'all guys, you know, dial 988. Google is your best friend. Make sure you look up some mental health support groups, therapy, get into therapy. That is a must. Um, my next question for you, you know, um, we met you on Big Brother 15, right? And, um, you know, a very controversial season, you know, one of them. Um, yeah, I want to I commend you, right? Because as a Black man, I feel like you never lost your composure, you know? Um, I feel like America probably wants to see an angry Black man or, you know, angry Black woman or something like that. So, um, you know, I watched that clip. I watch it time to time, you know, because, you know, what's going on in the world. And, like, how, mentally, how hard was that for you, mentally? To see all the like, you know, people make racist marks, say certain stuff, and I just I looked at that. I'm like, he's holding in, but I get it, you know. Yeah, well, man, it, it's it it was layered, man. If if I could go number one, the show in and of itself, uh, which you know I don't throw shade at the show like that, the product, the producers or anything like that. From this aspect, the show in and of itself is is very it's it's a mental show. You know what I'm saying? Like it's reality TV, but you know what I'm saying? From the giddy up, you know, you, you know, it's a whole long process. It's a lot of uh being quiet and hush hush. You know, you have you know, people are you're in a hotel room for a few weeks, man. You can't leave the hotel. So and they're trying to break you down to see can you maintain once they place you in the house. And once you're in the house, it's really not a house. This is a studio, you know what I'm saying? With rooms in it, you know what I'm saying? And you know, the all all the uh the games and gimmicks and things that you see on TV, you know, that's the backyard. So when they're when they're building those sets, we have to stay inside. So you're almost looking at it like if you're in that house seven days you can't go outside for roughly three of those days, you know what I'm saying? Three and a half. So you're just stuck 
So it's, it's mental already. Um, as far as he being um, a black man in that house, number one, um, listening to the show and, and, and being a fan of the show, um, I, I stopped looking at it for a while before I went on to it. Um, just knowing once once I saw who was in there, I'm like, okay, cool. Typically, you're not going to get a whole lot of us in there. And for as far as my season, that was one of the first times that they had 16 instead of, I think, 12 or 14. And out of that 16, it still was one brother and rough and pretty much one sister. You know what I'm saying? So already recognizing that, okay, you know, we are those ones or whatever, what in being how I look physically, you know, I'm, you know, you're going to have that. So mentally, I'm like, I'm not going to be that guy. I'm going to get in here. I'm going to still do my routine. I'm going to let folks know I love God. I'm yeah. going to use proper pronunciation. You know, I'm not going to just have a whole lot of Southern drawl and all that stuff like that. I'm not going to react to a lot of things. So, you know, that was the mental part, man, that that to me was more easy now to get to the rough side of it. You know, it's, it's, and as you know, man, the, the longer people I don't care if it's a reality show or not. You know, people always ask me, you know, uh, how much of that is real? Well, the people are real. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, production and stuff might play upon some personalities, but the longer you stay around any person, you will see how they really are. The real them will come, you know, whether they're happy, comfortable, or very mad, or drinking. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get the truth at some point. So, man, along the way, man, just, you know, some of the racist comments, man, um, that were made early on. You could hear some of this, you know what I'm saying, with jealousy and real feelings and stuff coming around. Honestly, I wasn't surprised from a mental standpoint because I already set on ready to go, you know what I'm saying, uh, for that. You got some young people in here, people that come from privileged, young, Southerners, you know what I'm saying, and all of them that act like they weren't Southern, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, here, what, 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 what started to creep inside of my head and in my peace and in my sanctum was the fact that I know production yeah. and, and they weren't putting a stop to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, here are two made, okay, all right. Okay, I see that, you know, I can adapt. Okay, if something else happens and you hear it because cameras and mics are on all the time, you know, and, and let, me, let me say this too. Now, I don't know if they got brought in privately, you know, in the DR, and something was said, I don't know that. If, if that yeah. did happen, then apologies. But for the most part, because of what, what I can say is that it kind of didn't stop, I don't yeah. think that happened. So that that was the part, man, that was kind of grinding and grueling and uh, grieved me uh, to a degree. You know what I'm saying? Just just yeah. some of these cast comments. Now, if me or Candace act out toward these people, we're going home and we're going to be looked at as the emotional Black people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The, thing you know what i'm saying but we're getting gas and you're not controlling gas lighting you know what i'm saying so those things were tough and then going to that that i, I want to say that fatal night yeah. where all that happened with Candace. um off camera you know what i'm saying um i remember that because um to to that man to, to that point in the show and in the game you know um because you know again I'm, mentally i'm still trying to play the game you know yeah. i'm trying to win i remember hearing some commotion and i know that she was involved in it and actually someone i forget who came to me in the kitchen was like yo candace wants you to come and i sat there and i talked to myself and i prayed i'm like if you go get involved you're gonna leave because i already knew 
already knew what was going on. You know what I'm saying? So I actually, at first, I didn't go. I went upstairs and then um, somebody else came again and got me and said, yo, like, she really wants you to come down. And when I went in there and you were face to face with it, again, my issue weren't the people that were making the comments toward her. Yeah. My issue was y'all, the, the people that are over this, y'all are watching this and y'all not yeah. saying nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost like you want, you know what I'm saying? Like the bottom line is always the back pocket in some situations. And what I learned when I left the show was our show, the ratings were low until all this stuff happened. You know what I'm saying? Because our show, it kind of was was one of the um, precursors yeah. to all of the racial violence that was going on. Because you remember Trayvon got killed that summer. Yeah. Then the way our yeah. show was, so ratings went up, man. So it was like, man, like we're we're mice in this game, man. And y'all see this stuff going on. So um, that was that was the big thing for me. So getting her out of there um, from the from the people wasn't an issue. My yeah. issue was we're still in here, and y'all are not going to them, and y'all are going to where the anger with me was like, you know, don't don't punch this glass and pull the cameraman through this glass window, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Don't go through that DR door and yeah. totally break production. You know and because, you know, mentally, you know what I'm saying, what my mind was in that moment was like, I want to make a move, you know what I'm saying? Number one, I was with an, after, after they came up there and got me out of the room, I had already, my spirit, you going to leave the show because yeah. now the people versus the white and we're going to try to protect each other. And I, and I would rather, lose the game then then stay there and let her be victimized you know in a situation to a degree and not handle it and be able to come home and look at my sisters in their face you know what i'm saying um because someone didn't take up for someone you know what i'm saying all because to me i would have been just as guilty as production not stepping in saying nothing to me you know like man so that was cool but man trying to get my anger down to not you know yeah. You know, I could have set that show on his on his on his heels. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It just been live, live, and I wasn't gonna just get mad like a typical black male. No, I'm gonna talk yeah. about you. That's not saying anything. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So man, so so that meant the mental side of it was hard. It's it, honestly, it it was harder after everything kind of died down. Yeah. Versus in the moment, because now you know they don't give a damn. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know what I'm saying? You know they know what's going on and ain't saying yeah. nothing. So it was really harder afterwards. So actually leaving was almost a relief. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, because the mental part wasn't over after that. Because now I got to come home and realize, you know what I'm saying? You guys, though, I thank you for giving me an opportunity. You messed around and messed my opportunity up. But did you really want me to have an opportunity? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah man, crazy. it was crazy. Oh. Like I, like I seen it and like when you were telling you know telling Kendrick's like you pulled out the room, I was like, it's like it's like that was like big revelous. It's like I'm trying to like so you don't you know go off and stuff like that. And I appreciate that because you know Devon from Big Brother, she said, you know, like and like the all-star season that just came on a couple years ago, she's like, if I go off, if we go off, we look like the bad person and stuff like that, you know. As you know, black people when we go off, we look as angry you know, aggressive and stuff like that, but anybody else can go off and it's not like that. So, um... But that's what does leak, man. There's already a natural fear of us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and then knowing that, 
it's ways that you can portray that that to me can be more scary than the typical you know what i'm saying if if someone's already if it was a pit bull in the room and you're already afraid but you yeah. do something trigger the pit bull and the pit bull bite you okay you can have the pit bull put down even though you triggered it but if that pit bull hard enough to know that i'm afraid of you and if you're trying to trigger me okay i'm not gonna bite you but i'm gonna stay present in the room and outsmart you in some areas you know i'm gonna just stand here and look at you you know what i'm saying keep that fear going rather than reacting that's a whole different mindset to have man so she's absolutely right you know in, in that man you just gotta kind of know that and not just in the realms of a show but just in life and I, i'm not saying everybody's just afraid of black people i'm just saying black people have an immense amount of power when they walk into a room you know what i'm saying and i'm not just saying just black people but since i am black i, yeah. I do know that you know what i'm saying that's why all these laws and all these things like that you know what i'm saying a lot of it came to you know what I'm saying? Most bullies, you know, bully people because of the fear that this person can become what I see that they can become if they yep. wake up. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, my next question, my next question about Big Brother. Um, so let's fast forward to Big Brother 23, where, you know, first time in history is more than one Black person in the house, right? You know, um, they got the cookout alliance, you know, consists of Hannah, Kylan, Isa, Tiffany, Big D and um, Xavier. You know, Xavier is our first black winner, period, of Big Brother. And then let's fast forward to tw season 24. Tell her, first black female to uh, win Big Brother and she won America Favorite Player. How do you feel like, you know, going through what you're going through your seasons and plenty of other seasons, went through some stuff as a black man, as a black person. How did you feel, you know? Um, I don't know if you watched season 23 or you, you probably heard about cook, the cookout and everything. How did you feel seeing a lot of black people in one season? Um, but, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very honest. I'm very black and white. I will sit here and tell you, um, I haven't watched Big Brother since I left the show. Granted, yeah. not a whole season. I do keep up, you know what I'm saying, with certain blogs, um, updates and things of that nature. You know what I'm saying? So I am Overall, I'm glad that they're getting more ethnicity in there, even yeah. if that means jack up the number of people in the house, yeah. you know, what I'm to, to keep the, the ratio how you want it or however it needs to be. I am glad of that. I was very super proud that um, a black person won it. I was glad that a black female won it uh, because in most um, um, games and things of that nature, you know, it's, it's just a thing. You know, they don't think we can think stuff through, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, even my season like the game plan that i had was a game plan that was working um um you know under wraps you know what i'm saying but you know so i was glad to see that now, as far as the cookouts i'm, I'm not really uh, aware of that I'm, I'm i'm not fond of that um, um but again that i am glad that they had more people on there i'm glad that they now what's funny to me is that it was back-to-back -back season so some of that if they didn't want it to happen it wouldn't have happened some yeah. of it hey and genuine but you know when, you, when you're dealing with a lot of stuff like that and it's been so yes. long you hate for it to be okay let's 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 try to show you know i don't know if they're gonna end the show i don't know if it's coming to it i don't have it but let's go ahead and do this since it's, it's starting to be a up you know rising up i think it hasn't been you know what i'm saying it's, so, crazy. You know, um, mm -hmm. it's crazy because like when the cookout happened, you know, they performed, you know, it was the first time in history, six black players, they got each other to the end and it worked, you know, the final six. 
but then they bailed mm-hmm. it out. Um, it's crazy, like what happened, because like they got so much backlash. You know, like, like people saying racist. They was it was cookout was racist. I'm just like, for so many seasons, there's been like one black person, and a lot of people been teaming up, and yeah. black people haven't been making it. So how's that? I'm like, when we do it, it's racism. When y'all do it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like crazy. I was excited as a black man. You know, as a fan of the show, I was excited because every season you see. One or two black people, you always root for them and they don't go nowhere because they get them out the house and everything. But it was good to see people that look like me, that's you know, same, same color and complexion, make it to a final six. It was crazy, bro. They was like reverse racism. It was I have to go back and look at that because I'll I give you something that, you know, and I've done a couple of podcasts and some live stuff, yeah. you know, especially early in the show and everything. I still haven't looked at the whole season. You know, I'm saying, of of my season, just because yeah. of you know, just into warfare of it and all that stuff. But with you saying that, I may have to go back and check out 23 and 24 because yeah. one thing they uh, with folks that that didn't like, that probably don't like how that how that ended and it looked like reverse race, whatever. Um, and I think um, the the character that Felicia Rashad played of Claire Huxtable on the Cosby Show. Um, I don't forget that episode where uh, she had to sit down with two, uh, two, uh, I think two or three um, white brothers and uh, they were talking about something, but they didn't think that she really had a voice, but they needed a face. And they asked her toward the end, uh, what was the black people's plight um, during the Great Depression? And what she said was, what we as black people learned was misery does not love company. And wow. so and so um, I can say that given what you said about the, the cookout um, and that it was called the cookout um, was, um, was, you know, anytime someone that, that takes advantage or acts a certain way and then they see someone else acting the way, they're going to be sensitive to it because they know they do it and they know that yeah. uh, um, they, are, they are guilty of doing it. So when they see like it, you know what I'm saying, they are, then they will to the point where you would think that they don't do it, but honestly, they don't like it because they do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so um, my next question for you, right? Now, everybody has their own coping skills. You know, what works for them? So what are some good coping skills you could recommend to, recommend to someone that's struggling with their mental health problems? Ooh. Uh, that's a great question, actually, because um, I, I believe you have to put into practice, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, you know, your idea thoughts, you know what I'm saying? I'm a big proponent. I love the word. I love God. I'm a Christian. And so, man, um, making this thing work for me, man, but, you know, you got to have, um, number one, for me, um, a place to center myself, a place that I can go to, number one, and that is my um, you know, my spiritual, uh, my spiritual side and being able to uh, take something very simple you know, from the word of God, uh, one thing, especially in battles of the mind, one of my favorite verses is Romans 12, 2, um, um, where it says, you know, um, let me go to it here, uh, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into the person by changing the way you think or the renewing of your mind. Um, and you have to sit with that, man. The second thing is I have accountability. I have someone, I leave my spiritual mom who's going on to be with the Lord um, and some and some pastors that I do uh, follow 
all of them have mentors. All of them have someone in their life that they can say yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, too, um, that they can be absolutely and unadulteratedly um, honest with, you know what I'm saying? And they can tell you, no, you're wrong, or yes, you're right. And they can do that in love, you know what I'm saying? If, you know, I don't want nobody just rebuking me, but if you rebuke me in love, then cool. And so you have to have someone there, man, that you can um, lean on with accountability. You know what I'm saying? That you kind of, I don't, I, don't, I guess, kind of look up to and trust. And whether that's a mom, a dad, whether that's a pastor or whatever. Um, and that person can't be equal to you. There has to be someone that you, you know, you hold in high esteem. Not that they're perfect, but someone, you know what I'm saying, that's that strong there. So, you know, my 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 spiritual side, um, having accountability and then having simple practices. You know what I'm saying? What I tell myself, I still I still write stuff. I still do um, um, writing things down and able to recite it to myself and make it sticky notes. And whether they be verses, whether leave that you can speak over yourself, I believe. Because honestly, in mental health, that's what you're doing anyway. Your 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 thought running anyway. You know what I'm saying? It just so happened that most of them are probably induced or or produced. By, by continued um, voice or emotions in your head. So what I do, yeah. I just reverse, you know what I'm saying? Hey, let me write down on the sticky note that I'm more than a conqueror, you know, that yes. I will see this through I can, so that I can verbally say that. And it ain't gotta be a whole bunch of it, but you have to, you have to fight what's going on um, internally in you um, with your own voice, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so those are some then after that man i make sure man that um along with my accountability make sure that i'm doing things that make me happy you know what i'm saying if i need to go get a massage and if i need to if me and my wife need to go to uh big play and play kitty games you know what i'm saying yeah. you know what i'm saying if i need to get a movie you know what i'm saying like do things that that cater to you you know what i'm saying i'm not saying be selfish but do things that cater to you that make you be happy um don't get that confused with being in my feelings and do things that are detrimental to me i talked about that before it's dangerous for men to be quiet because we're already screaming in silence so most of the time when a man screams in silence he's going to go pick up a toy and that toy can be anything you know what i'm saying that toy can be alcohol it can be pornography it could be women it could be whatever to pacify what's going on internally in me so man i make i, I make sure that i put into practice doing things that uh that push me to be happy you know what I'm saying? That speak to me. Go sit, go sit with my sister and my niece. You know what I'm saying? And bring me down, man. And then very and honestly, very lastly, you know, once I've done those things to kind of build myself up, I do uh, you know, a reality. The reality is, you know, hey, maybe you need to go talk to some people um, that are dealing with um things, um, issues that are pressing more than you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And 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 listen to them and how they're dealing, how they're persevering. Yeah. It gives you a reality check. And now, you know, after you've done, done those other things that I said, now I can pour back into them and be a witness and a testimony to them. So those are just the things that, that I like to do, man. Pour into my spiritual side, get accountability, make sure I have clear and concise um, um, affirmations of myself, make sure I do things that make me happy, and then make sure that I I, I, I don't, you know, I don't just become a victim of, of my own moment and sit with my butt on my shoulders, man, and realize it's other people out here dealing with a whole lot worse than I am. You know what I'm saying? So now I get to be an encourager. 
that's good. That's good. Um, before I end this episode, I want to say thank you for coming on being a guest, right? Absolutely. Man. Thank you for thank saying yes, you know, telling your story, talking mental health. You know, I know a lot of us men, we don't want to talk about it, but it's always exciting to hear another guy just want to talk mental health. But I do want to ask you, you know, before we close out, can you close us out with some prayer, my brother? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. It's always necessary, man. You caught me at a good time, too. I'm, uh, we're doing some prayer and fasting now, man. So it's a great time, man. Um, I'm actually uh, fasting from for my wife's in there cooking now, man. So uh, fasting through the day. So um, this will actually break my fast, man. So yeah, I'd be honored to to do so, man. Um, to do so. Just let me know when you're ready, man. Ready, ready when you're ready, bro. Right, man. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we glorify and honor you, Father God, just for who you are, Lord God, for you, God, or God that's everywhere, God, you're omnipresent, Lord God. You can take any situation in any venue, God, any environment, and you can show up in. And so, God, we praise and honor and adore you, Lord God, for just being that big. Thank you, God, for being a God. And, um, and loving us so much as your word declares that you loved us so much that you sent your only son. So we praise you for Jesus, your son. And Jesus, we thank you for the great example that you set. Lord. Thank you for having love. Thank you for doing things out the box, Jesus. Thank you for being a revolutionary, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for sitting down with, with great men and men, Father God, that, um, that that society wouldn't expect you to sit with, Jesus. So we thank you, God. We thank you for that example. Thank you for my brother Lee here, Lord God. And I pray God the blessings on his life. I pray, Lord God, that you will bless him and bless him indeed in largest territory. God, I thank you for the purpose and the premise and the, and the cause that he's doing this. Father God, it's such a great thing to talk about it, Lord God, because people need mental health. They need mental help and health, Lord God. And I pray, God, that you continue to expand his mind, expand his vision. Lord God, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that you anoint his eyes, his ears, and his mind for expansion, Father God, to do things, Father God, to help your people. Because that's what he's doing, Lord God. And I pray that you bless him, his household, and order his steps in you, Lord God. God, I pray for this listening audience and anybody that's listening now, Lord God. If they're not saved, Father God, I pray that they come to a saving um, um, realization of you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that they're dealing with um, mental health issues, Father God, that you be the peace that they need. All they need is you, Jesus. Jesus, a touch from you, Father God, um, 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 a touch from you, God, can heal anything, Jesus. So I pray that you speak to those, Father God, right now, dealing with mental anxiety, mental strain, mental pain, Father God. I pray that you send people, Lord God, connect them with people, Lord God, that sharpen them in you and bring them in, Lord God, so that they 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 really want that peace within you. Lord God, and again, God, as we close this prayer, God, I pray, God, that it has been blessed and anointed. I pray that the ears that have heard it, Father God, have got something that you wanted to hear. I pray over this man of God here, um, Lee, God, that you will continue, God, to order his steps in you, Lord God, like never before, Lord God, that he experiences you in this year of multiplicitude, Father God, like never before, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you meet him at the point of every need, God, and that you blow his mind do with his life, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God. I pray, God, that you bind generational curses, sin, strongholds, heaven and bad doctrine from his life. I pray that there's 
for him to, to lay down, God, that he lay it at your feet, whether it be fear, Father God, whether it be anguish, Father God, whether it be um, insecurity, Father God, I pray, God, that he lay it at your feet once and for all, and God, that he gives it over to you. And in turn, Lord, I pray that you fill him afresh with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you fill him afresh, Father God, with fresh oil, God, and fresh confidence and boldness in you and fresh um, ideas, God. Give him holy strategy for what you want him to do in his life, Lord God. Listen, not to be fearful to do it because you are with us, Lord God. God, I honor you and we, 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 we pray this prayer, Father God, in agreement with one another that it is so. In Jesus' holy and righteous name, amen. Amen, my brother. Amen. I want to say thank you for that powerful prayer. Thank you for coming on the podcast, my brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, sir, man. Anytime, man. Anytime, man. Just, just not at me. I'm, I'm more than, than, than able to do it, man. You and you got to get my wife on, man. One day, man, if you do something for uh, the ladies, my wife, I man. Well, I definitely will. <laughs> I definitely will. I'm gonna hold you up to that. <laughs> She not, she's, she's a singer, man. She's a psalmist, man. But she's a pastor as well. She got an incredible testimony, man. Um, so if you ever do something for the sisters, man, I'm telling you, man, it's it'll, it'll be powerful, man. Gotcha. 